Welcome back to another Edge God In podcast. Thank you for pushing the pause button today to Edge God In to your mind, your will, your emotions. There's a lot of animal planet activity going on out there in our school. So we are grateful for your choice to stop and lean in. Lean into the voice of God, which says, this is the way walk in it. Our mission here at Edge Garden is to champion your human potential in Christ. So what happens when life is not showing up the way you want it to? Where do you go? What happens when you come to the end of yourself? Where do you turn? What happens when fear starts to grip your mind? When worry starts to become a set point on how you're moving throughout your day. Today's podcast is entitled, Why Do We Worry? And we're going to take a deeper dive into four themes in the book of Philippians. So it's our learning objective that at the end of this podcast, that you'll understand these four themes that invite you into surrender, determination, peace, and contentment. And explore ways that you can apply these themes to your life to calm the mind back into Jesus' love and protection of you right where you are at. We are uh, not left empty-handed these days when it comes to distressing events and circumstances outside of us. And I'm welcomed today by my friend and colleague, Rich Cummins, who is the CEO of Lead Like Jesus. Rich, thank you for joining us today. Glad to be here, Lauren. Glad to be on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. This is a this is a very timely, timely topic. There's no doubt yeah. about that. So I'm I'm really grateful that we're going to have this conversation today. So before we jump in, I'd like to just make you aware of a couple of resources that you have. As I mentioned, Rich is the CEO of Lead Like Jesus. And uh, it's exactly this, this mission I'm, I'm involved with as well, um, of Lead Like Jesus. And, and what, what they put out in the world is to equip people with the ability to lead like Jesus by learning how to love the way he loved and to interact with others the way he interacted. There are plenty of incredible resources at leadlikejesus.com. Highly recommend you check that out. And as I've been sharing on our last couple of podcasts, we are getting so close. And I say we, because Rich, you're one of the four in the God Squad. <laughs> yeah, we're getting so, there. <laughs> we are getting very close to launching our first course on emotional intelligence in Christ. And you can learn more about that project at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. The book has already been launched and the course is, I am guessing, will be launched next week. So please check it out. Uh, keep in touch with us. And we will send you a, um, if you go to emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com, put in your information, we'll be offering a discount code for those of you who do uh, sign up early and say that you are interested in the course. So mm -hmm. emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Edge got in com has resources as well. One of them being a one page that allows you to capture your learnings in five different steps to be able to transfer them into your behavior. And you can explore that at edgegodin.com. 
Let's jump in in prayer and invite the Holy Spirit to guide our conversation today in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sweet Jesus, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to be present to you today, particularly around this topic. You have come that we may have life and have it to the fullest. The devil comes to kill our sense of identity, steal our peace, and destroy our sense of purpose. So we invite you back into all of those areas to reestablish our identity so that we can go forth and make you recognizable in the midst of the storm so that we can shine for you so that when people see our good deeds, that they would be able to give glory to you. Help us to make you recognizable more today than yesterday. And may the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. Amen. So we're going to jump into our topic here. And we're going to, if you've got your Bibles, please open them up. I am such a fan of just getting your hand on the word of God. Open up to Philippians chapter three. Just to give a little context, this is a one of four epistles that Paul wrote while he was imprisoned. That's such a powerful piece of information to know, approximately 62 AD. Now, there's been some research and conclusions that when he was in this prison, that there was an actual sewage system close by. They don't know if it was underneath or around it that was running through uh, where he was in prison. So you can imagine that added element in the exterior environment. And as you've often heard me say, stress is the power you give to outside circumstance to define your worth, your value, and what you believe you're capable of handling successfully. We know as followers of Christ, all things are possible. Mm-hmm. Paul was able to write this letter of encouragement to the people entrusted to his care because he was emotionally intelligent. What does that mean? Rich, I'm going to toss that over to you. What does that mean that he was emotionally intelligent and was able to write this letter? Well, so Paul had an understanding of his own emotions. He understood who he was and whose he was. So he had a a grasp of his personal identity in Christ. And as a result of that, he was very aware of the emotions he was having and able to exert self-control over them. And, you know, he was also in a community with other people that were imprisoned. And so um, emotional intelligence is that ability to understand and control your own emotions while you're also keenly aware of the emotions of the people around you. And then you have an ability to manage those emotions for the betterment of the relationship. And so if you, if you look at the scene, he's in, he's in a very stressful environment. Uh, He's in prison. He's also in an environment that's not very aesthetically pleasing, nor, uh, you know, you can imagine if he's close to a sewage facility, it's, it's an environment that would be very uncomfortable for most of us. Mm. Absolutely. And, and that's that, that piece of, of having the activation or the uh, movement of the power of the Holy Spirit within us to be able to manage our emotions in spite of our external circumstance. And that, and that, that really, really connects to worry. A um, couple different things, a couple different sentences around worry. Uh, the typical definition of worry is to give away to, or to give way to anxiety or unease or allow one's mind to dwell on difficulties or troubles. 
the key piece of that definition is, is the choice point in the word allow that you allow your mind when you worry you are allowing allowing your mind to dwell on difficulties or troubles now paul also wrote in romans chapter 12 1 through 2 do not conform to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind he also said how do you do this you take every thought captive and make it obedient to christ there's a solution right now we can end the podcast right now and that's your solution you take every thought captive as well as you give the Holy Spirit permission to give you that self-control, right? To be able yeah. to do what Paul says in chapter four, verse eight, brothers, finally, whatever is true, right, beautiful, excellent, praiseworthy, if anything is in this category, think about those things, right? So he gives us that uh, guidance to do that. But Rich, you you wrote the chapter... Um, in our book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ on self-control. Mm -hmm. So here's Paul. It is so easy in a situation like this when he's surrounded uh, by sewage, yeah. and you can use that as metaphorical because many times we are surrounded by sewage and many times it's sewage in our own mind, right? Mm -hmm. So what? Give us, give us some insight into that second step phase of emotional intelligence in Christ, because we already know that Paul encountered Christ. That's the first step is yeah. having your identity in Christ. Second phase is self-control. Share a little bit about that. Like, how, how is that possible? How can we do that? Yeah. Well, you alluded to something interesting earlier when you uh, cited John 10, 10, where the enemy seeks to uh, uh, kill, still and destroy. And so, you know, that really becomes his game plan. So the enemy, his whole goal is to do just that. And what does he do on a daily basis? Well, he seeks to divide us and he uses a fence as a, as a typical weapon in doing so. And so Paul finds himself in the midst of a very stressful situation where it could be very easy to uh, become very offended and divisive against the people he's encountering. And even in the letters he's sending out to other people, but we find that he doesn't do that because he's able to exert self-control. Mm -hmm. And so when we have our identity in Christ, if we have our eyes fixed on Jesus and we do as he did, he only did the things he saw the father do. He only said the things he heard the father say when we identify in that way and know whose we are and, and, you know, we're, we're children of the living God and know who we are in Christ, then we can begin to take mastery over those situations. So self-control really is that ability to delay self-gratification. It's impulse control. It's the ability to say no to myself, to, to the powerful feelings that I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And Jesus did this primarily so he could stay on mission. He could fulfill his purpose. I mean, if you think about it, Lauren, from, from even early on in his ministry, when he, when he started by going into the wilderness for 40 days, uh, mm -hmm. as, he, as he comes out of that scene, uh, he's hungry, he's tired, and we'll talk about halts later. I know you've got a great <laughs> acronym for that. Um, the enemy attacks him. And how does he attack him? He attacks him with scripture. And he's trying to get to Jesus, his appetites, his sense of approval, and, and, and these other areas. And Jesus is able to refute the enemy with scripture, because he knew that if he didn't, 
he might not fulfill his purpose on earth. So for us, how does that play out? Well, if we have our mind fixed on Jesus and we understand that he has a grand purpose in our lives, then we can begin to also take those thoughts captive, those feelings captive, and really take them to the foot of the cross and take control over them. Mm. You know, that last phrase that you just said, so that we, we can take them to the foot of the cross. And that's that choice point, right? In, mm. in that definition, because to worry means to allow. And what you just said is we have that choice point or not, mm. right? Yes. So we can allow our minds to dwell on difficulties or troubles or not. That just, that's such a powerful piece. That's that, that's that, um, our personal will, what we choose to focus on, what we choose to give free rent to between our two ears where the landlord, God has given us the ability through the power of the Holy spirit to be able to activate our ability to be self-controlled. Um, like you said, impulse control, manage our personal emotions and behaviors in spite of what's going on outside of us. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine the situation he's in prison mm -hmm. and with sewage possibly around him. Uh, that's a, that's a very difficult situation to be able to con constantly. I mean, by, by our own efforts, it's impossible. Well, and, and absolutely right. It's, it's, it's Jesus. It's through Jesus and the spirit inside of us, that mm -hmm. activation of the Holy spirit that allows us to discern and manage our personal emotions and behavior in a way that honors God by loving others well as Jesus did. So Paul was able to manage those emotions. Now let's take it one step further, Lauren, let's talk about his personality. So many of us are familiar with, uh, an instrument called disc. It's a mm -hmm. behavioral styles or a personality inventory. It's mm -hmm. an assessment. And so D stands for direct. I stands for uh, influence. Uh, S stands S for study. Stands for study. C, yep. C is conscientious. Mm -hmm. So Paul is a DC. And so he's very direct and he's very conscientious. So his personality is going to yield itself towards wanting to control to have processes, to have mm -hmm. systems, quality control is going to be very important to him. So if he is in an, in a, in an unorderly environment, it's by nature going to grate on his nerves. Mm -hmm. So, so it's even, it even more so points to that self-control inside to adapt to that situation or that scenario and not go off, not fly off the deep end, but maintain mm -hmm. his cool. Oh man, that's so, that's so well said. And I'm getting chills when you're even saying that, because I'm looking at the scripture right now and, and listeners, if you're following along, look at Philippians chapter three. And this is where Paul just says, Hey, if anyone else thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh, because that's, that's when we start to sink worry exists in the flesh. Anxiety exists in the flesh. It's when we're trying to do what we do by our own efforts apart from God. And it can work for a little while until it doesn't. And so he says, if anyone else thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Then he goes on to basically list his resume. At that time, he was at the top of his game, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church. That's when he encountered Christ, by the way, um, when he was on the road to Damascus, just after persecuting Christians, held the coat when Stephen was um, uh, martyred. As for legalistic righteousness, faultless. So he's saying, hey, in, in terms of what the world thinks, I was at the top of my game. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to say, but what, but 
whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss, everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, but that comes through the law, through your own efforts, but that which comes from faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God. I want to know Christ and the power of the resurrection. This is such a powerful scripture because it talks about our first theme, which is surrender. Uh, in order to have victory over worry, it's essential that we surrender our identity, who we think we are, what we think we stand for, power, popularity, position, passion, all of it. We surrender it into the lap of Christ and who he says he is. I consider everything a loss compared to knowing Christ. So in real time, Rich, what does that look like? Give us an example from your own life where you were doing pretty good just on your own efforts, right? Yeah. But then life happened and you came to the end of yourself and you realize that without God, I have nothing. And in that surrender, you gained everything, right? Yeah. And, and let me take it one step further. Let me go back to Paul for a second, because we mention all of the things that he has endured. We mention kind of his pedigree, you know, mm -hmm. from, from, uh, from a spiritual standpoint, from an order or hierarchy standpoint in the faith, but he also was a Roman. Mm -hmm. He was also a Roman. And so as a Roman citizen, he could have pulled himself out of that imprisoned state anyways. Mm. Mm. He chose not to. He surrendered to the whole situation because he knew he was to go to Rome to fulfill the purpose that God had for him. Mm. And um, so when we bring it to our lives, what does that mean for us today? Well, it all comes to these choices, these daily choices. And, and uh, you know, fear, unfortunately, has become the order of the day for many. I mean, if you look at the environment we're in now, we're coming out of COVID, we have a whole generation that's been raised up around fear and wearing masks and being concerned. I mean, youth today, I mean, it just my heart breaks for them. Mm -hmm. But in the midst of that, now there's a lot of concern about inflation and the economy and we're heading war. towards a recession mm -hmm. and war. I mean, with Ukraine, you know, I, mm -hmm. I had uh, something that came up the other day. Here's where the rubber meets the road on fear. And my kids said, dad, and mind you, um, my daughter, Olivia is 10. My daughter, Lily is 12. My son, Hunter is 17. They came home from school and they said, you know, dad, are we going to war? Because that's what our, you know, what we're talking about in school. And, you know, I don't know if they heard it from a teacher or a classmate. And so they were, they were gripped in fear. Now I'm not, I'm not pretending that it's not a serious situation. And, and I'm not also suggesting that we couldn't end up in war at some point. But that that imprisonment or captivation that we can put ourselves into with fear, that bondage, I didn't want my kids to be overwhelmed by that. And mm. so I sat down with them and I talked to them about those fears. And then we prayed and I just said, you know what, we're going to give it all over to the Lord. God, uh, God promises us that he will be with us through all of this. He'll be holding our hands. So while Paul was in prison. He wasn't delivered from that necessarily. He had to walk through that, but he did not do that alone. Mm. 
God was with him. The Holy Spirit was inside of him. And, uh, and that's the promise we have. And that goes back to that surrender piece. So when we surrender our will to the will of the Father and just say, no matter, you know, come what may, come what may, I'm going to continue to press on towards this cause that, that God has put on my heart. Mm. And I think that's so, so important. It's a, it's an, a matter of attitude. And that's mm. another thing. I just had a conversation with, <laughs> with my kids the other day. We were climbing a mountain of all things. We were uh, in the smoky mountains and, and uh, I was talking to one of my daughters. She was struggling. I was struggling. We were all hurt. We were all hurting. And I said, <laughs> I said, uh, it's mind over matter. If you don't mind, it won't matter. You know? And, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's between the two ears, man. That gets, it gets kind of dark up there. Yeah. So, so it's about surrender, surrendering our will to that of the father, remembering that he has a purpose for each of our lives and, and, uh, and, and understanding that the fear, the worry won't get us anywhere. It won't help us through painful situations. It only exasperates and makes it worse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's God and his spirit inside of us that will help us endure the tough times. Truly. Truly is. I mean, worry is a story we tell ourselves and make up. We make it up. It's a story that we make up about something in the future. And when we realize that God is here now and we lack nothing in the present moment. And as Paul said, when we come to the end of ourselves, we realize that it's there that we lack nothing for the next thing, that he is faithful, whatever he calls us to, that he is absolutely faithful. And I know you've heard me speak about this as well. And I've talked about this on other podcasts, but when I was diagnosed with advanced cancer, going through that experience, uh, it was one day at a time and God would continually call me back. Be here now. You lack nothing in the present moment. I meet you now and give you exactly what you need for the next step. Your daily bread, just like that song. You are my daily bread. If this is the air I breathe. And so, um, to remember that. So that's our first, that's our first theme. The second theme comes in the scriptures, Philippians chapter three, uh, verse 12. Now, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I, but this is what he does. This is the second theme is determination. I press on, he is determined. A fixed state of mind is determination to have a fixed state of mind. This is my choice. Mm-hmm. I will press on to take hold of that, which Christ Jesus took hold of me for brothers. I, I don't consider that myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what is behind and I strain on to what is ahead. I press on determination, fixed state of mind. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So what's God called us to do, Rich? What is that? What's, what's Paul talking about there? He's pressing on to in, with determination, right? A fixed state of mind. I am going for what God has grabbed a hold of me for. I am straining ahead. Yeah. I'm doing it. So, so what is that? Well, it's, it's this life we've, we've, we've been given to surrender back to the will of the Father and do the things that he's calling us to do and say the things that he's calling us to say. It's walking out this purpose. You know, we bring him glory when we do that. Mm. Um, and one, it's, it's discerning what that is, and then it's moving towards it. And I love this pressing forward and this determination. So, you know, you have a, a sequence here, which is interesting. You surrender first. And mm-hmm. then you press on second. And when we go back to Jesus and we mentioned the temptation out of the wilderness, he also had other 
other instances where he had to press on towards this goal of mm-hmm. reconciling us to the Father and doing his his uh, his job on earth. And another yeah. good example is his passion. Yeah, his passion. He was in the garden, right? And look at the scene. This is a very tough scene. He's got his buddies with him, his three his three uh, companions, Peter, James, and John, and they're in and out of being awake and asleep. And, and he's, he's, he's praying so hard. He's sweating blood. And Mm -hmm. the next thing, you know, uh, Judas shows up on the scene with soldiers to arrest him. And, and the word says Jesus could have called on legions Mm -hmm. to come down and save him from that scene, but he pressed on towards that goal of reconciling us to the father, because if he saved himself in that moment and he didn't bear the death on the cross, taking our sins to the grave, he would not have fulfilled the mission that he was called to do. Mm. So Jesus pressed on. Absolutely. And, and just putting in the context of emotional intelligence, right? So Jesus knew who he was um, just in the, in the, in the gospel. He's, I think it's like seven times in the gospel of John or eight times he says, I am. He knew his identity, right? Mm-hmm. I am the bread of life. Um, whoever believes in me will never go hungry. Whoever, whoever uh, comes to me will never go thirsty, right? I am the resurrection and the life. I am the, um, in, in uh, Revelations, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Um, I, I am the gate. Whoever passes through me um, will be saved. I am the vine. You are the branch. So he declares his identity. So he knew who he was. And Paul now in Philippians, as he's writing this, he knows who he is in Christ. Mm -hmm. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, the question is, do you know who you are in Christ? Do you, do you know God's love for you? Mm -hmm. Do you know that Jesus is after you? What does that look like for you? What has your experience been? Perhaps you're tuning into this podcast and someone suggested you tune into it and and you're kind of half there, like one foot in the world, one foot with Jesus. Jesus is after you. Mm. He is the good shepherd. He lays down his life for all of us, for you. And he's calling your name today to draw closer because he knows the worry you're experiencing. There's nothing beyond his knowledge. He does wisdom and knowledge. He sees you right where you're at and loves you enough not to leave you there. So he's inviting you to trust and surrender. Come closer, come back. That surrender leads to that resurrection of determination. Hey, once you experience the love of Jesus, there's no going back. You might stumble, you might fall a hundred times a day, but yet you know where to go. (laughs) You're you're coming back. You're coming back quicker today than yesterday, hopefully. And um, so our second, our second theme is determination that is birthed out of, as you mentioned, Rich, that surrendered encounter with Christ's love, with, with knowing who you are. And once you experience Christ's love, we want you to experience Jesus' love for you. You will sell the whole plot of land, like Jesus said. It's that pearl. It's that coin. It's, he've, it's that complete surrender because you know what you're experiencing. When you come to the end of yourself, you find you lack nothing when you encounter the love of Jesus. So our third theme is found in Philippians chapter four, which is one of my favorite verses. I 
memorize this. I think this was like within the first year I started walking with Jesus when I was 17, because mm-hmm. I was thinking, man, if I, if I really allow myself to surrender to this, then, then I can handle anything. Right. Yeah. And so it's Philippians chapter four, starting at verse four, rejoice in the Lord. Always. I will say it again, rejoice. So here is, they, they call this the, the epistle of joy, actually, because uh, he mentions joy or, or rejoicing, I think up to like 16 times in the book of Philippians. He also mentions the mind um, about 10 times. So any references to the mind or thinking or dwelling upon, it walks hand in hand to your experience of rejoicing. When you take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ, that even though this is happening, I know you have my back, which is why I'm such a big fan of, I will praise you in the storm. because you know that God can bring about a greater good. But here Paul's saying, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. He says it twice. Now, mind you, he's in prison. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Mm -hmm. So what is it for you today that you're anxious about? Paul is inviting you by the strength of the Holy Spirit within you to surrender. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what's the ramification of praying, surrendering, not being anxious about anything through the help of the Holy Spirit? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So that's our third theme is peace. So Rich, Talk a little bit about that connection, surrender, determination, peace. Yeah. Again, sequential because I, you know, I, I think it would be hard to, to find peace in the situation that Paul was in. If he did not surrender his will, his feelings, his emotions, all of that to the father, and then be determined to press forward for the call that he'd been given. And as a result of that, he can truly live in, and did live in peace. And, and, you know, we know Jesus to be that peace that passes all understanding. And, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot on this lately. What do people really want around us in the world today? Well, they want peace for the present and they want hope for tomorrow. And um, I think it's really hard to find that today absent Jesus. In fact, I would say it's impossible because, because the world is, is such a scary place. And, mm-hmm. and once, we, once we give in to the Father and once we are determined to, to walk out the calling he's get, given us on earth, I think that peace starts to set in. And, you know, we'll take it one step further, even with all of this worry. I mean, Jesus himself in Matthew 6, 25 tells us not to worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or your body, what you'll wear. Um, I mean, your father does all these things for the lilies in the field, the word goes on to say, and he loves us even more than that. So, mm-hmm. so even when we look at the environment around us, um, you know, the economy seems like it's tough and, and we may be heading for a recession. Well, let's not worry about those things. Mm. Let's just, let's just be at peace and know that God loves us and God uh, has designed a great future for us and uh, will provide for our every need. Mm. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. You take care of everything. Yeah. It's that childlike, childlike faith. And, uh, well, well said, well said, uh, when we move on to verse eight, after Paul says, hey, 
Don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He almost gives us the remedy, knowing that probably his audience that he's writing to, the people entrusted to his care, needed a little more guidance. And so he gives them the answer, Rich, in, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Okay, so what does this look like in real time, Paul? How am I not supposed to be anxious about anything? He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've heard from me mm -hmm. or seen with me, seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. What does that mean? What is he sharing? Yeah. So the good things in life, we know that all truth is God's truth. All good comes from God. And when we focus our mind on good things, noble things, right things, pure things, lovely things, then that's going to create a change. It's going to create a change in how we think, and it'll create a change in how we feel, and ultimately a change in how we behave. And so, you know, I liken it to, uh, you, nowadays, we talk about neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a, a mm -hmm. fancy term for how the mind actually can, from a neurological standpoint, change. You mm -hmm. can change, you can change your neural pathways. Mm -hmm. And so focusing on the good things in life, focusing on God uh, is a way for us to take captive those thoughts and bring about peace ultimately. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's our third theme. So we have surrender determination. Your surrender to God moves you to be determined to leave what is behind and stress on stress on stress your or press yourself on to grab a hold of the of everything that Jesus has grabbed a hold of you for, which leads to that invitation. Hey, your peace will transcend all understanding when you surrender yourself to God and you won't be anxious about anything, but you'll be able to pray about everything. That's a grace. Ask for it. That's emotional intelligence. Ask for it for the power of the Holy spirit to give you the ability to do what Paul's doing here. He has his identity grounded in Christ. First step in emotional intelligence. Second step is self-control. Third step is altruism. Thinking about other people. You can't give out what, you're, what you haven't mastered within. When you meditate on what is good, pray about, dear God, I'm going to stop watching the news so much. Uh, give me the grace to stop gossiping. Give me the grace to stop comparing myself to other people, to have a complaining fast, and to have a negativity fast. And I'm going to start intentionally, like you said, neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to shift. There's something located in your brainstem called the reticular activating system. And it's like a little lawyer, whatever you choose to focus on, your mind will hunt and gather that information to back up your conclusion about life, which is why your attitude that comes from whatever you focus on is so powerful. It's your closest friend or worst enemy, and you get to choose it based on what you choose to focus on. That brings us to the ramification of surrendering determination and peace, which is contentment. And Paul talks about that in Philippians, and this is our last theme, and we're going to close on this one, Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. I rejoice, again, I rejoice, this is the epistle of joy, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned 
to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether fed, hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Mm. He's giving testimony there, Rich, of exactly what we're talking about in and of ourselves. We can't do this. This isn't possible. I mean, he's in prison, surrounded by sewage, possibly. Mm -hmm. And and we all, listeners, I'm sure you have your sewage that you're Mm -hmm. surrounded by in your life. And yet he says, no, you can be content. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And and. Again, think about the circumstances that he's in. And I believe that sequentially those other elements had to take place before he could be content. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't have surrendered his will to the Lord and just realized that, you know, you are my rock, you are my redeemer, you are my deliverer, I yield to you. And then if he didn't um, stay determined to fulfill his purpose, to go to Rome even, uh, to spread the gospel, to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. If he didn't find that peace, that peace in his heart, then would he have ever truly been content? And I, and I don't know that he would have. Um, so he had to go through those other phases and then find complete contentment. And then if you go even further in that set of verses, even to, to verse 19, it said, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Mm. So again, surrendering and understanding that God's going to meet and fulfill those needs. A God who loves us. Any good father isn't going to give his his son a stone. He's going to give him bread. And, you know, God knows what we need. And we just have to trust him in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that brings us to, to, to the closure of today's podcast. So the main themes of focus are surrender, determination, peace, and contentment. One of our part of our learning objective is to explore these. So your earth school practice out there is to read the scriptures, chapter three and four, invite the Holy Spirit to come into your learning to show you, to bump you, move you, to camp on certain verses so that you can make that a reality. Surrender even more today than yesterday. Um, Ask for the strength of determination. Perhaps something happened that was difficult in your past and it keeps repeating and repeating and repeating and you have a hard time moving on. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to be determined to press on to what is ahead, to grab a hold of everything and to remember that you can do everything through Christ who gives you strength and that peace that passes all human understanding is yours in Christ through the power of the Holy spirit that dwells within you. So take these learnings. Even if you take one topic for the next four weeks, work on surrender for a week, look up scriptures on surrender, look up determination, look up scriptures on determination. Perhaps you're lacking peace. Read the scriptures we we declared today. And then other scriptures on peace Take this as a four, we're in the midst of Lent. This is an awesome time to reflect on your relationship with Jesus and what he's asking you to prune for growth, to become more intimate with him. He's already there. We're the ones that move away. So he's inviting us closer every day. Um, Again, for more resources, you can visit visit edgegodin.com, leadlikejesus.com, and the project Emotional Intelligence in Christ dot com for support resources to help you in your journey. Rich, would you mind closing us in prayer today? I'd be glad to.
Heavenly Father, gracious God, we just thank you. We thank you so much that you love us so much. We don't deserve any of it, but you sent your only son to die on that rugged cross just for us so that we could be in eternity with you. And I thank you, Lord God, that you truly are you, you are our everything. You are our provider. And, and we need to lean in on you. And we will, Lord God, help us to continue to surrender our will to you. I pray, Lord God, that you'd keep us steadfast and determined to fulfill the call that you've placed on our lives. And through the process, Lord God, I pray that you would give us that peace, that peace that passes all understanding so mm-hmm. that we truly can be content with the lives that we have. And just like Paul, Lord God, you met every need that he had, and we trust you for the same in our lives. Please bless us and be with us. In your holy, precious name, we pray, dear Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time today. And uh, for those of you that are listening, give them heaven out there. There is enough of the dark side going on. Look forward to our next podcast.